the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Good to be with you on a Tuesday Bruce Hooley show, 98.9 The Answer, Columbus 94.5 in Dayton. We will talk about the nasty weather overnight and the hot, humid, miserable weather that's headed our way. Hopefully all of you who had your power knocked out last night have it back. 145,000 in Ohio, 5,000 in Licking County, 13, maybe 14,000 in Knox County, so the storms were pretty nasty. Westerville, 3,000 of you lost power there, so hopefully AEP and other electric companies are restoring your power. I wish we could uh, restore some sanity to our president, who at the moment is speaking to labor unions. That means more talk about good paying and how many American jobs he has uh, created The private sector creates jobs. The government does not. But he'll repeat the lie because every time he opens his mouth, whatever comes out is not 100% true. We'll keep you abreast of what Joe Biden has to say today. Uh, The weather, as I said yesterday, when it gets hot, when the days get long, the crime goes up and instances of quick-tempered crime Increase. We saw an incident at Tuttle Mall in Dublin on Sunday where two guys from Mansfield who knew each other and apparently arrived at the same shoe store at the same time in a random and very unfortunate coincidence ended up with one pulling a gun on the other when the first swung and hit the other in the head with a purse. Uh, The shooter is now out on bond, not as much bond as... The authorities hoped for. They asked for a $1 million bond for Tyrone Gray Jr., 24 years old, who was the shooter. Uh, They got a $50,000 bond. He posted he's free. And the deceased 25-year-old Dontarius Sylvester was apparently there to buy a pair of shoes. I thought he worked at the store, but he does not work at the store. He was there to buy a pair of shoes. The father, the stepfather of the murdered uh, young man, Don Terrius Sylvester, said that he and his uh, adversary, I guess, he is the person who shot him, Tyrone Gray, had had a history together in Mansfield. Uh, they had uh, not, it's not a good history, obviously, and it do- did not end well. They had past issues, is the exact quote from the uh, WSYX6 Website As far as the beef or whatever, they just happened to be at the same mall at the same time my son was at the mall. So last night, crime was on the docket, a public community meeting at Trinity Baptist Church in Columbus. 
the two top cops in town, Lashana Potts, the chief of uh, the chief uh, Elaine Bryant, and the assistant chief, Lashana Potts, were there, saying all the right things. You know, talking about the concern that they have with Ohio's new law, where any person over twenty one can carry a concealed weapon without any training. I understand why they're concerned about that because the incident Sunday at the mall is the kind of incident that you would think would have a greater likelihood of happening if more people are armed and aren't trained. And one of the things you learn in your training back when it was required to fulfill certain requirements to get a concealed carry license is that having a gun conveys enormous responsibility to the person who has it and that you should never point it or even brandish it unless you are threatened and intend to use it. The gravity of what can happen, uh, apparently lost on Tyrone Gray Jr., who now faces murder charges. He's a young man. I know, let's say the facts of the case are in his favor, and that he was hit in the head uh, by Dontarius Sylvester, hit in the head with a purse or a handbag or a bag of some sort. It is hard to imagine in that scenario that pulling a gun out of your pocket and shooting at him multiple times and hitting him once in the head and killing him is an appropriate response. But these kinds of, and it's an unfortunate pun, hair-trigger incidents, are more likely to increase as people's desperation increases. And what are the reasons why people's desperation might increase? Well, there are myriad economic reasons why their desperation might increase. Because I don't know very many people now who aren't concerned about rising prices and wages not keeping up with rising prices as a direct result of the Biden administration's policies on energy and on the economy and on spending, federal spending. That's one reason. Second reason, not in control of the Biden administration, is the weather When it gets hot, humid, nasty, oppressive, miserable, you're just more irritable as a person. Another reason, hopelessness. You don't see a way out. You don't see any avenue to things getting better. This forces you, or at least induces you, draws you into overreacting to situations that if you took time to think rationally, you wouldn't think particularly rationally. And thinking rationally is extremely important. Pausing, evaluating is extremely important. People who get locked in on an ideology, locked in on being reactive rather than emotionless, those are the people who get themselves into trouble. And unfortunately, they don't just get themselves into trouble. They take others with them. And that is what it appears happened to Dontarius Sylvester, who lost his life on a Sunday afternoon when he drove to Columbus just to buy a pair of shoes to go on vacation. These are the senseless acts that add to a record murder total in the city of Columbus that continues to escalate from 2020 to 2021, and we hope it does not increase more in 2022, but would I bet against it? No, I would not bet against it. And someone who has a lot more intimate knowledge of the situation than I do sounds as if they would not bet against it either. We received a letter here at the show from retired 
Columbus Police Sergeant Keith Klein. I'd like to read you a portion of his letter because I think an insider's view, someone who has been a beat cop, someone who has walked on the street in bad neighborhoods and interacted with people and made arrests and faced situations where he had to judiciously think about employing deadly force. I think that kind of a perspective is a very valuable perspective. And here's a portion of his letter. The retired sergeant writes, There are serious problems in the black community that will not be explained away by screaming racist every time a police officer is seen interacting with a black citizen. Most officers strive to make the communities they work in safer because they believe, whether you're poor or not, you should not have to live in fear as a citizen of Columbus. The best compliment I ever received, Sergeant Klein said, retired Sergeant Klein said, was from a young black man who told me he wished I was still working 12 precinct a year after I transferred. I was surprised he said that since I had arrested the man twice for felony offenses. So I asked him why he felt that way, and he said, you always messed with people, but you messed with the right people. I have a daughter now, and I feel she would be safer with you working the precinct. And Sergeant Klein notes that it is strange, isn't it, that a gang member has greater insights into the benefits of proactive policing than the mayor or city council. His letter continues, Too often we hear today that the public no longer trusts the police. Well, you need to know that the police no longer trust the public. Columbus citizens have chosen to elect officials who promise to not hold criminals accountable. We see it in juvenile, right? This is me talking, not Sergeant Klein. We see it in juvenile. Oh, oh arrest them for stealing cars. Why, they might become criminals then. Well, they already are criminals. Back to the letter. Columbus citizens have chosen to elect officials who promise not to hold criminals accountable, but do promise to prosecute the police. Sergeant Klein says, Columbus City Prosecutor Zach Klein informed the police prior to the riots in the summer of 2020 that he intended to drop charges against anyone arrested by the police in the interest of social justice. And the city appoints special prosecutors to go after the police. So the public, instead of marginalizing radicals, has chosen to elect them to high office. Sergeant Klein is exactly right on this. Because it should be noted that anytime you put an adjective in tandem with the word justice, it ceases to be justice. Economic justice is taking from someone who's earned it to give it to someone who has not. That is not justice. That is stealing. Environmental justice, a stupid comment, has no basis in fact. Social justice. Same thing. You want to depress one area of town so another can flourish? That's certainly not justice to the area that you are taking from in order to advantage the other. So we'll have more from Sergeant Klein's letter and some interesting statistics on homicides in Columbus, which is interesting on the same day that the mother of one of the young black women who died ridiculously stupidly in this town makes a tribute to her daughter. You know, it's always been funny to me to 
uh, watch cheerleaders with the sound off because uh, the way they move around and celebrate their body language is uh, hilarious. Joe Biden's the same way. I'm watching Joe Biden uh, on television speaking to the AFL-CIO, and he gets alternately uh, angry and then whispery, and uh, he's in his element talking to union people because he parrots all the tired lines that he has parroted throughout his political career about how he's for the everyman and how unions build America and all this. And I'm not anti-union. My father was in a union. My mom was in a union. I was in a union for a lot of years, twenty, almost 20 years. But we also have a lot of companies that have gotten themselves into economic peril by making progressively unaffordable concessions to unions. Unions have a definite purpose, workplace safety, and the fair treatment of their employees. But when you get employees who aren't working, but they're getting paid because you can't get rid of them via a union, well, that's an issue. That is an issue. And that has been an issue, a crippling issue, for the auto industry for years and years and years. Uh, We will talk at noon today with someone who will be, I'm sure, hearing throughout his November election, the lead-up to his November election campaign, about unions. J.D. Vance is who I'm talking about, the Senate candidate on the Republican side of the ticket to succeed Rob Portman. Tim Ryan, his opponent, the Democratic opponent, will be parroting that he is the working man's candidate, that he is pro-union, because, of course, Tim Ryan comes from a heavily union area. He comes from eastern Ohio, Mahoning Valley, Youngstown, Warren, all those, those places. And Tim Ryan can do what Joe Biden's doing right now. He can talk a really, really good game when it comes to good old-fashioned American hard work and manufacturing jobs and union labor. And the problem is Tim Ryan, like Joe Biden, in a long career in politics, hasn't really done too much for those workers who continue to vote for him time after time after time after time. That's five Times two, because Tim Ryan was elected to the U.S. Congress ten times. Ten times. And Tim Ryan now is talking all about how, hey, you know, those Trump policies that made the valley where I came from, Trump country, I agree with all those policies. Funny. You voted against all of them. So we'll talk to J.D. Vance today about his strategy in campaigning against Tim Ryan for the Republican, uh, hopefully, for another Republican senator from Ohio. Because if our senators from Ohio are Sherrod Brown and Tim Ryan, wow, that's uh, that's what we call going 0 for 2 in baseball parlance. Now, we had a criminal situation in downtown Columbus yesterday, or at least a hostage, or some kind of a, a, it's not really a hostage situation, it was just a emergency situation. The Sheraton Columbus Hotel at Capitol Square was evacuated, and nearby streets were closed for nearly three hours after a man barricaded himself in a room and handed over a note that indicated he might have an explosive device. So they were fearful that he would have a bomb and he would detonate the bomb and it could be a lot of property damage and a lot of people could get hurt. Uh, It turns out that he did not have a bomb, and so thankfully no one was hurt, no one was injured. But these are the kinds of situations that police officers encounter. And in that situation, it's a police specialist, of course. But 
a police officer never knows from one moment to the next what he is going to encounter in the course of his job. And yet, every time a police officer does something in a high-profile situation, media shows up, somebody gets shot, somebody dies, then we expect that officer to react, to have reacted with the perfect hindsight that we, as late arrivers to the situation, have time and perspective that the officer did not have. Now, of course, the officers are trained. I get that. And they do have the duty of being right all the time. But we never seem to evaluate the behavior of the criminal escalating the situation to the point where the officer is forced to act. And we also extrapolate the actions of one officer as indicative, which they definitely are not, of every officer. They are indicative of that officer, but not of every officer. So I was reading to you the letter that we received here at the station from Sergeant Keith Klein, who has retired from Columbus Police. Of course, he has retired because of he wrote this letter to me and allowed me to read it on the air before he retired. Well, they would retire him. But he's kind enough to disclose what's going on in the Columbus Police Department now as it's under new leadership. And I get it. You get to reorganize, reorganize the department when you come in. Elaine Bryant certainly has that prerogative and that mandate from city leadership who brought her here from Detroit. And it's inevitable that every time you have a new police chief, you will have top cops who will retire because their way of doing policing does either doesn't fit the new chief or the new chief wants their own people. Perfectly understandable. But that does not mean that the perspective and experience of the outgoing top cops is not valuable. And I find Sergeant Klein's perspective valuable. He ends his letter this way. Presently, the Columbus Division of Police is realigning personnel to staff more detectives to investigate the increase in homicides and felonious assaults, as homicides have more than doubled since 2019. He says, however, this is simply triage on a gaping wound with officers, without officers, without officers, returning to proactive policing. The blood will continue to flow. The mayor and the city council may at some point decide they've overreached and try to get more police officers. They're already doing that. And they may dedicate more resources to policing. But their effort will be futile. Until and unless the street officer's faith is renewed, they will not, and they will not be made a sacrifice on the altar of political correctness. Those officers will not risk their lives or the livelihoods of their families to proactively stop criminals. He is right about that. He is absolutely right about that. I have sounded that theme, and I've said the Police Civilian Oversight Review Board was a method to crush, to absolutely crush, the motivation to be a police officer, to engage with citizens, and to stop criminals. Because if it can be viewed from 2020 hindsight, those officers know they are not supported. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.